redo this. We're gonna redo this. We're gonna redo this. Dude, oh, no. I lost it. I looked over. I can't deal with this. Welcome to Fluent Grace, a podcast for students about speaking the gospel into the everyday, ordinary stuff of life. You've got questions, we've got answers. Or at least we'll search the scriptures and see how the gospel of grace should inform a response to the questions you have. We love Jesus and we love students, and we hope students will grow to love Jesus more as they encounter Jesus' amazing love for them. Our music for the show is Felix Kolpa by King's Kaleidoscope. What's happening, everyone? Welcome back again to, uh, hold on, I forgot what we were doing real quick. Podcast, uh, Fluent Grace Podcast. We're at episode 10. I got a little distracted because I was thinking about the fact that we've made it to 10 episodes. Whoa. Which is a big deal because it's about 10 more than I ever thought we would actually get to. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Tyler, do you remember the first time we sat over there on that couch and tried to record something? I do. Did we talk about Mississippians or Mormons? I don't remember. No, we didn't. We talked about Drake, though. I remember uh, that. Drake. Yeah. And you... you uh, He's from Mississippi, right? Uh, <laughs> might as well be. Yeah. Mississippi, Canada, I think. Something like that. But one of us made the line... Uh, I think we were talking about teenagers listening to Drake and how they would listen to Drake over a podcast. And I think it was you that said, hey, Drake can wait. Mm, that's true. Yeah. He can wait. So... Anyway, how's everybody doing out there? Hopefully everybody's had a good week, made it back, listening again. We're glad to have you. We don't take our four listeners for granted, so. Nope, we love y'all with all our heart. Shout out to all of our, uh, what, where are they from? The Your friends? My friends? The Our, our friends from, what's the place? <laughs> from Forkland, Alabama? Forkland. Oh, our Forkies out there. Shout out <laughs> yeah. to the Forkies. Hey, I was talking to somebody. They're not from Forkland, but they're basically in Forkland, just down the road. And he was talking about somebody, I don't know if he lives in Forkland or not, but I think he does, which is why this is relevant. Uh, anyway, this guy lives on the river in Forkland and owns a barge. He just parks the barge outside of his house. That is like wow, goals right there. Classic Forkland. I saw another picture. We love you, Forkland. I saw a picture from Forkland that somebody, instead of a mailbox, they had a... <laughs> They had a microwave out by the road. Oh, <laughs> my Mississippi. <laughs> Said, please put mail here. Classic. Oh, man. Got to keep your mail dry. <laughs> Was that a microwave pod? <laughs> wow. Wow. So, just a little bit of, you know, DIY advice. If you, you know, if your microwave... Uh, is no good anymore and you lose a mailbox well just swap them out swap them out perfect <laughs> might zap a mormon on his bicycle riding by you never know you know you out. know you know they <laughs> might just keep riding though because they will seriously question the uh intelligence sanity of the occupants <laughs> that's yeah. true. It's true yeah it's true so who knows it may be a mormon <laughs> <laughs> here we go we've digressed <laughs> I was say it might be a Mormon repellent, but, you know. Uh, if we have any Mormons out there, don't get your holy underwear in a wide. We're just poking fun. Yeah. We'll do the same thing about other stuff here in the upcoming episodes. Real soon. What are yeah. we talking? What are we doing? <laughs> what are we even doing? Today? 
Oh, let's talk about something fun. Uh, so last week we did this new thing where we called, I think we called it Rapid Fire Rants last week. Whatever it's called, I don't know. Random Rants. We're just going to rant about stuff, which I think is Tyler's favorite. Um, I love it. This is his hobby. It's what he does. He watches his little one-year-old kid on Thursdays. I'm pretty sure he just does this at home. I do. I rant with her. Yeah. She just, <laughs> she doesn't have an option but to listen. Yeah. Well, hey, she'll start ranting back pretty soon, so. It'll be good. So anyway, we're going to throw that out again. Had a lot of fun doing it last week, so uh, we've got three topics. Each of us has a topic. Uh, <laughs> we're we're going to throw it out there, see what happens, see what we talk about, see how much fun we can have, uh, fun we can get into on our 10th episode. Like I said, it's a big deal, and if we had T-shirts to hand out, we would, but we don't. So, If this uh, gets 1,000 listens, Tim will get a piercing and a tattoo. <laughs> For episode eleven, <laughs> all right, he'll get a, a he'll get Roman a big, numeral ten, yeah, tattooed on his chest, 10, yep. right and a nose piercing. Center. Dude, sharpies do some good work. I will get a sharpie tattoo. I'll get my how about this? I'll get my kid to write the number ten on my arm. You heard that, folks. Tim will have his child write ten on his forehead <laughs> if we get one hundred <laughs> listens. One no no not one hundred listens. Is we're close to. I was gonna say we're close to one hundred right now. So we need to add another zero onto that. So, look, face tats are cool. Talk to Post Malone. <laughs> I'll get my kid to write a one hundred on my face, and I'll leave it there for a full day if we get a thousand listens. Oh wow! How about that? And he'll get a nose piercing. No, negative. <laughs> That's the line. Look, we'll go. We'll go to Forkland, and they'll wait. Don't they can shove a on. they can shove a butter knife through your nose <laughs> with a <laughs> <their> microwave. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, boy. We got to We got to Move on. Move on. Move on. Oh, boy. Move on. All right. Uh, topic number one. What are we doing? Who's going first? I, uh, Colin will go first. Colin, go first. What we got? Colin's random rant of the week is going to be on uh, binge-watching TV shows. Mm. So, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Apple TV, whatever you like to binge-watch on. What's the deal with binge watching? Define binge watching for us, because I've heard go, different things. Like my personal opinion of binge, or my personal definition of binge watching would be like you're gonna sit down and watch four, at least a minimum of four hours worth of episodes or four more. Hours. Yeah. That's like the Titanic plus an hour. It's not. I, it's I can't not tell you how many people will legit tell me that they watched this one show for. Eight to ten hours in one day. Wow. What's the most you've ever watched? Single show at a time. Like an hour and a half, two hours. Tyler? Mm. I watch movies. I don't really watch TV. Because I'll be honest, we'll get in some binge watching. Me and Carly, it'll be when we don't have any school going on and we have free evenings. Uh, I know we got into it with the show 24, old Jack Bauer. Mm, Throwback. Binge watching on that one. What's the longest you've binged? Longest I've binged. You know, TV that, folks, not not beverages. Yeah. So get your minds out of the gutter. Yeah, come on. <laughs> that was episode two. Um, I probably the longest was there was a day a few years ago. Uh, I was off of work, and I just sat at home and watched Walking Dead literally all day. <laughs> so probably I was probably about six episodes in. So whatever that equals. Mm. That messed with my brain. <laughs> hey, it made me want to go kill a zombie. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> 
and then Tim signed up for four zombie runs. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I look like a zombie after the runs are over. That's I'll tell exactly you that. Exactly right. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So there's my there's my random rant of the week is just binge watching and how I think it's the most unproductive use of God given life. I would agree life. with that. One hundred percent. I finished my Walking Dead binge and I felt like a big loser. Can you binge watch TV to the glory of God? Your theological <laughs> question of the day. This was supposed to be fun topic. <laughs> We're, me sure and Tyler are both staring at Tim yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say yes. Can you binge Only watch? Only if it's Bible Man can or VeggieTales. <laughs> can you binge watch The Walking Dead? Probably not. Yeah. Can you binge watch some Bob the Tomato and Silly Songs with Larry? Absolutely. What about Bob Ross and Happy Trees? <laughs> Chilling with Ross. Don't all right. So I'm there sure is. Uh, like have y'all ever watch. heard of Plugged In Online? I think it's now just called PluggedIn.com or something. Never like heard of it. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, it's a homeschool thing, Tyler. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Here we go, folks. <laughs> so it's a it's a website that you can go and basically you can look up any video, TV show, new music, books, whatever, and you can get a rating on it from a Christian perspective. So now it makes sense. There you go. <laughs> For those that don't have television in their homes. <laughs> yeah, that they was get another homeschool joke. <laughs> hey, at least we don't take our TVs, gut the inside, and put them out by the street and have folks deposit our mail in them. You know? <laughs> that was um, good. <laughs> her, her Portland friends <laughs> would beg to differ. Yeah, they quit listening like 10 minutes ago. Uh, anyway, my point is. So, like, movie critics and TV critics, like, they get paid to binge-watch stuff. And then they send out, you know, for, in this particular instance, they send out their reviews from a Christian godly perspective to those who are wondering, hey, should we watch this? I.e. our Game of Thrones discussion last week. Um, so they get, they get paid to binge-watch this stuff. And I would say, or I would argue, that that uh, is for the glory of God. So according to Facebook, what I've read so far, pretty much every Game of Thrones character that means anything died in the episode last night. There you go. So was, nobody needs to watch anymore. Everybody was freaking out like, they're all dead. Good. It's, it's like, about time. Good thing I don't care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why don't you just kill But in game, on the other hand. Oh, we yeah, who dies off. there, bud? Oh, uh, well. Wait, I'll does anybody die? Spoilers. Okay. We won't have any listeners left. That's true. We'll wait a few weeks. I just just saying, I have never watched any of the Avengers movies. So whoa, it was crazy. And then Chewbacca showed up halfway through it. It was awesome. Like in the theater or on the screen? And on the screen, Chewbacca's oh. all up in there. Okay, I thought somebody dressed up as Chewbacca. Chewbacca and Jar Jar Binks show up in uh, Endgame, and it's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Were there any empty seats when you went? Zero. God, that sounds there horrible. Were, there were people bawling their eyes out. Over sci-fi characters, and I'm like, "What in the world is this? Is what this is? What's wrong with our world right here?" Yeah, we were they dre- were they dressed up in costume with no makeup? Idea. I have no idea. I try to. I usually avoid opening night movies. Yeah, for multiple reasons. I've never been to an opening night movie. Never. So, but but I hit this one up, and it, it was unique. It was yeah. a unique experience. Yeah. I I'm not gonna it, say anything else because I I feel like I offend everybody on here, so I'm gonna. I'm going to not say You can at least keep one segment of the population unoffended. I will. 
<laughs> I'm going to practice James right now and tame my tongue. Did you, okay, Babylon B, right? We've mentioned that on here a few times. Did you see the article they put where uh, the Pope said that he is making a new place in purgatory for all those folks that spoil in-game? No, but that's pretty funny. <laughs> and now you've got my mind wanting to rag on Catholics. Dang it, Tim. Let's continue on. Oh, that has Back been... Back to the schedule. That's been, that's been binge-watching with Fluent Grace. So. so how about something else that was a big cultural phenomenon over the past weekend? Taylor Swift's new song. Mm. Which boy did she rag on this time that she broke up with? You know, none of them, but she had, like, a another boy in her music video. True story. Fun fact. I went to undergraduate uh, seminary with one of the guys in – that was one of the guy in her music video. For real? Crazy stuff, huh? Yeah. Are you totally making that up? I'm 100% not making it up. That's I crazy. mean, unless he's making it up. I mean, that was his kind of claim to fame. Like, whenever he, he introduced himself in class, he's like – I'm the guy in the Taylor Swift video of huh. this song. I don't remember what, even what song it was. Yeah. It's one of her earlier songs. Colin's doing a little research right Colin's now on the topic. listening to Taylor Swift and bobbing his head like a, a bobblehead. <laughs> Getting into it over there, huh? It's yeah, bad. it's not that bad. Yeah, She's I've had more songs. I will I've say. only listened to 26 seconds of it, but it's pretty yeah. good. I will say this. Don't watch the music video because it will ruin any any apparent, hey, this is decent music. Music video kills it. Oh, in what I'm not, way? I'm not saying that the song itself is worth anything either, <laughs> but that just shows how bad the music video is. Ah, it's basically a bunch of melted leftover Easter peeps dancing around the screen with <laughs> butterflies and snakes. Now I definitely want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who actually watches music videos anymore? Why do they even come out with them anymore? I don't know. It's Everybody just listens to the music on Spotify or Apple Music. So. It's probably MT- because of Taylor Swift. Probably. Do y'all remember when MTV was actually music videos? Yes. Hold on. Did y'all actually have MTV in your house? What does MTV stand for? <laughs> <laughs> I used to watch it at my friend's house. God, I'm talking to homeschoolers. <laughs> That's right. We kept our minds out of the gutter. <laughs> Obviously, I lived in the gutter. <laughs> oh. Good times. What are we talking about today? <laughs> I mean, we're still talking about Taylor Swift's song. <laughs> oh Four hours later. Yeah. What are we gonna? T- what do you think we're gonna talk about, t- Tyler? Don't you have a little? Rant I have for a us? nifty episode planner that Tim's given me. <laughs> I.e., stay on task, Tyler, and don't give <laughs> stupid rants about Mississippians and Mormons. <laughs> Except for the fact that this is your chance to give a stupid rant about something. Tim has carved out a whole segment in honor of Tyler and his rants. I don't know what I I really have that's good today. Um, I mean, last week you talked about crystal burgers and your kicking breath afterwards at the dentist. Mm, That's true. Yeah, so, you know. All right, folks, there you heard it here first. Tyler showed up to a podcast recording and did not bring any content for you guys. I know. I did. Here's an interesting fun fact. I did have a bacteria virus in my stomach for 10 years, and I never went to the doctor about it until recently. And now it's, it's eradicated. Thank goodness. But it is possible to have a virus in your stomach for 10 years. 
Isn't that crazy? You know, I think I've still got the virus that I got from eating crystals 10 years ago <laughs> in my stomach. Oh, Lord. Maybe that's what was in Taylor Swift's music video, a bunch of viruses dancing around that were <laughs> pastel colors. <laughs> uh, I have so many things I want to say. <laughs> there are too many ways we could run with this. <laughs> So the point of this rant is to go to the doctor if you have uh, if you have weird things going on with yourself, so or you if you eat crystals, about. either or one. If you eat crystals, yeah, yeah. So on to uh, part two of the podcast, where actual content we talk about. May we just pause and recognize the fact here that Tyler is the one getting us out of the stupid conversations into the real content. I am. This is a historic day. Not only are we at episode number ten. Tyler has finally made it. I have. I, have. I, wait. I was going to wait until I got into the double digits to really right. come alive. Well, you made it. We're here. What are we talking about today? <laughs> we are talking about the subject of doubt. So how do I deal with doubt, Tyler? What Ask is Thomas, Peter, and John the Baptist, according to the episode planner, Colin. <laughs> what is doubt, Tyler? What is doubt? Doubt is unbelief. In something or someone it's or a question mark oh hmm. questioning I like that that's good questioning is doubt healthy or unhealthy that's a trick question Tim that's why we're asking you since you brought up the topic I think Colin should answer that question I think doubt is very healthy I think doubt shows that you are curious and you want to grow in your knowledge of something i think when you doubt something you are just you know like i've said you're questioning it so you want to find the deeper meaning you want to dig in and um you know find out am i really saved or does god really love me or is there really a god Uh, you ask those questions and you get those correct answers and if you're breathing the air that i'm breathing then that's going to change your life, just finding out those answers right there. Yeah, I would agree. The You know, where this whole topic kind of came from, I think, well, first off, like, like Colin said, if you're breathing, you have experienced doubt at some point. Um, some more than others. Some will experience more doubt than others. For some folks, they're able to, you know, get through the doubt fairly easily, and it, it kind of propels them into a deeper relationship with Christ or... It uh, encourages their faith. For others, it really rips them apart, and they can't make it through it, and they struggle believing in Christ. And that's why a lot of folks, especially after high school, once they get into college, they leave the church, and they you know, decide they don't want to follow Christ anymore. Whatever it is, you hear all these statistics about uh, people who don't— or about people who claim to be Christians at one point in their life, but then they get— uh, you know, past their high school and college years, and they have turned their back on the things that they once uh, believed in. So they didn't handle doubt well. And uh, so we want to just talk today about what are some things we can do to handle it well, how we respond to it. So I think that, you know, as we're talking about this idea of doubt, it kind of comes under one of two categories. And uh, today we're only going to focus on one of them because as we're called the Fluent Grace Podcast, and I guess our mission is to Um, speak the gospel into the everyday, ordinary stuff of life, obviously we're going to be coming at topics and and subjects and conversations from a biblical perspective. So 
Um, this idea of doubt, you can come at it from the perspective of a believer, right? Someone who believes in Christ, uh, claims to follow Jesus, believes the Bible. Um, believers have doubts. So that's one side of it. The other side of it is uh, the doubts of an unbeliever, someone who does not profess any uh, belief in Christ or belief in Scripture or anything like that. Uh, so that's that's the unbeliever's doubt. We're not going to spend a lot of time on that today because that gets more into the uh, realm of apologetics, and that's a really big subject topic in and of itself. Uh, I will throw this out, and I'll put this in a, uh, probably on our uh, Facebook page the note that's going to come out with the episode, but uh, there's a really great ministry called Church for Skeptics, and they put out uh, YouTube videos, uh, they put out content on their website. Uh, I'll link all that into that note, so if if you don't believe in Christ and you're struggling with uh, doubt or, you know, you're looking for truth or peace or whatever it is and, you know, want to know more about some of the answers to these questions, I would really encourage you to check out Church for Skeptics. Um, and again, I'll put that all in the, in the notes. But for us today, as we're talking about believers uh, who doubted, what, you know, as we're, as we're throwing that out, what are y'all's first thoughts when you think about doubt? Uh, have you known folks who have struggled with doubt on a personal level? Um, what are some things that they've done to kind of get through that? Or maybe in, maybe in our own lives, you know, we can definitely talk on a personal level. Uh, what are some things that we've done to get through that season? Yeah, I think, uh, like we were saying earlier, if you've breathed air, then you have experienced doubt in some form or fashion. And so, um, me being in that category, I have experienced doubt, and I have uh, questioned, um, you know, specifically uh, scriptural things. Uh, why do I profess to believe in this? And I dug into it and um, was able to find the uh, you know, it might not have been the exact answer I was looking for, but it was the correct answer. Um, not to add in a rant into our main section, but that is a personal rant of mine. Find the correct answer, not the answer you're looking for. Continuing on, um, just, you know, digging in, finding um, answers, whether it be in the Word, whether it be, um, you know, from somebody who's gone before you, your pastor, your father, et cetera, et cetera. And... Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I th think along with what Colin said, your truth should always come from the Word. When you deal with doubt, um, I mean, yes, yeah, like he said, pastors and friends, and I mean, God's given the grace of those, of community, to speak into your life and to speak truth. But at the end of the day, truth comes from the Word of God. And so I, I was at a conference this weekend and I heard this quote and I just thought it was phenomenal as I was thinking through this, this idea of doubt so in my brain doubt is birthed from um, sometimes this isn't always the case I don't think um, it could be but uh, for me personally doubt is birthed from a lack of experience so therefore Tim could say hey I went and ran a um, what do you run half marathon and how many miles yeah. is a half marathon? Is that 13? 13. .1. It is 13. Yeah, 13 miles. I ran a half marathon in 15 minutes. And I could be like, yeah, that's bogus. You didn't do that. I don't believe it. I doubt you. Why? Because I've never experienced that. And so I, I can't I can't be on, 
on line with him or, or in sync with him on that because I've never experienced it. And so I think the same is true with with our doubt sometimes with um, with spiritual things. We we doubt it because we we haven't experienced it. Um, and because we put a high value on experience. And anyways, I sell it to say um, this guy named H.B. Charles, phenomenal pastor. He's got a podcast out there, too. I recommend you all go listen to it. Shout out. He said this, um, talking about scripture. He said, truth is truth, whether you've experienced it or not. And I just think that's good, man. Like, we can lean into the promises of scripture and what scripture says, whether or not we've experienced it, why? Because it's God's word, and God's word at the end of the day is is the truth, is is what you can stand on, and your experiences are fading. Is I mean, your feelings are, are fading. Your um, It's not truth. And so... Well, and two, experiences are limited. That's right. That's I mean, right. I can only experience so many things in my life, and even in my life of following Christ... I'm not going to experience everything that Scripture talks about. Mm-hmm. You know, to use your example of the the half marathon, um, I've never personally experienced a half marathon. Never personally experienced a marathon. I may never experience those things. Um, so does that mean I am now going to automatically doubt everything I ever hear about half marathons and marathons? Right. Well, no, I can't do that because that's. <laughs> I mean that that makes no sense at all. Um, so just because I don't experience something absolutely does not mean that I should doubt the validity of it or the uh, truth of it, which is where it comes right back to um, leaning on Scripture um, and knowing that uh, if Scripture is true, which we believe that it is, uh, then all of it is true, whether I've experienced it or not, which is huge. Speaking of quotes, um, I just printed out a number of quotes related to doubt and I saw this one uh, related to Scripture that was pretty good, especially as we're talking uh, to students here. A guy by the name of Dave Hunt says this. says, We are raising a generation on the spiritual junk food of religious videos, movies, youth entertainment, and comic book paraphrases of the Bible. The Word of God is being rewritten, watered down, illustrated, and dramatized in order to cater to the taste of the carnal mind. That only leads further into the wilderness of doubt and confusion. So not only do we need to be looking to Scripture as the ultimate source of truth, um, we need to make sure that we are not looking to a... Mm, poop emoji? A poop emoji version of Scripture. Yeah, I, I, I think that sums it up pretty well. Um, you know, it, we like to find uh, the most um, uh, current translation that speaks to our cultural ideals, or we like to find the children's storybook Bible that only looks at the fun, clean, happy stories, or we like to, how about this one, we like to look at scripture where it changes the gender I'm going to go out and say, if you're reading that scripture, you're reading the wrong one. Poop emoji. Yep. There you go. Um, I think something else uh, that could be noted is, when do we doubt? A lot of the times, I feel like our doubting is not when things are good, but when things are crappy. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, which just goes to show you how how uh, 
how flippant our faith is at times. Mm-hmm. Um, we we want to be, <laughs> we want to root and jump for joy when th- when life's going good, um, but when when seasons of when hard seasons happen, we're like, well, where's God? Why why is he present? Why is he not present? Why why is this happening? Um, and the doubt. That? I think I just heard a squirrel in the wall. What in the world? Uh, what was that? So that was an air freshener. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Automated air freshener. Anyways, and so thinking along those lines, one of my favorite scriptures is this, um, and this is where I go when I personally experience seasons um, and seasons of doubt, is Romans eight twenty eight, And really through the end of the chapter, um, it's just phenomenal if you deal with uh, doubting your salvation it's just it's beautiful it's, that section of scripture is called the golden chain of salvation and it shows how um, the Lord is at work all the way through um, through election to your glorification and so but anyways Romans eight twenty eight says this and we know that for those who love God i.e. believers all things work together for good for, for those who are called according to his purpose and so the reality that Paul is hitting on here is, is really summed up in those first three words that I think are so often skipped over, and we know. He doesn't say, and we can, uh, and it, it might happen for believers, or it could possibly be this way for believers. He said you can know and you can have confidence in the reality that for those who love God, all things are going to ultimately work together for your good. So, I mean, that... That speaks into if you get cancer, if you, um, if your friends abandon you, or, or whatever, you know, you whatever. If you don't get the job you applied yeah, you, for, yeah, or you lose the job and now are without income, yeah, or if your parents get divorced. I mean, all yeah. these different things uh, that would cause you to question: Is God really good? Is He real? Like, what is this? And He says, "You can know." You can have confidence in the fact that it's all going to work together for your good. Yeah. First John is another great, uh, I mean, that's obviously a full book. It's five chapters, but really every single chapter speaks to this idea of, of doubting and uncertainty. And uh, one of the more well-known verses in that book is, I think, chapter 5, verse 13, something like that, that just talks about, um, or the author, John, says, I've written these things so that you may know that you have eternal life. So similar to what you were saying from Romans, you know, this idea of, you know, this is not one of those things that we hope for. This is one of those things that we can know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, hope is talked about in Scripture a lot. We are hoping for, you know, the glory of heaven and looking forward to being with Christ and all that. Um, But this idea of knowing is definitive. It's not, there's no question about it, um, like you were saying. So... Uh, for, yeah, if, if if doubt is one of those things that as a follower of Christ you're struggling with, definitely go hit up Romans chapter 8, 1 John, the entire book, all five chapters of it. I think that would be really encouraging, um, challenging, convicting, uh, all at the same time. And all those things are definitely good, especially in a season like this. I'll tell you another thing, too, is even in seasons of doubt, like I don't even know how to pray, right? Like how do you even pray when you're doubting if the God that you're praying to is actually even listening to you, right? And so one of, another one of my favorite scriptures is right before uh, chapter uh, verse 28 in Romans chapter 8. Really what uh, Tim said, go read all of Romans 8 because it's phenomenal. 
But um, it's possibly the most encouraging chapter in Scripture for the believer. Romans eight twenty seven says this, and he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So, let me even back it up to verse 26. Look at this. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, in our doubt, in our, if it plug in whatever you want to there, in our weakness. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, and the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So like even that, when you don't know what to say, like the Spirit is the one who's interceding for you. Out of your groanings and your moanings and your doubt and your angst and your question, questioning, the Spirit is interceding for you in that. That's encouraging if you're a believer. Yeah, I was going to say, let that soak in for just a minute. You know, not only can we pray to God who created all things, created us, loves us, died for us, um, but God is praying for us. Mm-hmm. You know, that verse is talking about God, the Holy Spirit, praying and interceding for us. And I think there's another passage, I don't have the reference right now, but talks about Jesus being at the right hand of God the Father, interceding for his people. Um, so no matter what the doubts are that you are going through at this time, you know, Tyler listed off a number of them, they could be big doubts. They could be little doubts. It could be things that you've had to deal with on a regular occurrence. It could be things that you know just kind of hit you out of nowhere. No matter what it is, Jesus is praying and interceding for you. The Holy Spirit is praying and interceding for you in the midst of those doubts, which is huge. And the Father's listening. So you see the Trinity yeah. at work, Yeah. even in your doubt. Yeah. I think it's cool that as you're looking at you know, as you're looking through Scripture, uh, Scripture's not just this clean book of a bunch of folks who never doubted. There's a bunch of folks in Scripture who doubted, had some serious doubts, too, you know, to the point of not believing in Jesus. Uh, you look at somebody like Thomas. He's the most well-known, uh, John chapter 20, verse 24 through 29. Uh, he's been told that Christ has risen from the dead, and he says, yeah, unless I see the the places where the nails were, I'm not going to believe it. Well, so Jesus shows up and says, hey, Thomas, here I am. Here's the nails, the nail holes in my hands and feet. And at that point, Thomas believed. Um, you got Peter exhibited doubt. You've got the story of him. And uh, when Jesus called to him on the water, um, he said, you know, Peter, come walk to me. And so Peter hops out of the boat, starts walking on the water, and then takes his eyes off Christ and starts doubting that he can actually make it all the way to Jesus. And so he... I love Peter. I think I love Peter because I'm so much like Peter. <laughs> Peter's like, Peter's all in. Like, he is all in or he is all out. Yeah. Like, as soon as, like, they show up to arrest Jesus, he's like, cutting ears off. Like, just like that. Like, he doesn't think about it. He's so irrational. <laughs> And then he goes straight from that to doubting again. That's right. That's right. And he's <laughs> I mean, like, I'm all for you, Jesus. Who's Jesus? Never heard of him. Like, like, I'm like, I'm, I am that guy. I'm like, yeah. I'm totally, I get you, Peter. Yeah. I get you. And this was the guy, this was the guy that he was one of Jesus' top three closest friends, if you will, that walked the planet with Christ. Top three. Isn't that encouraging? Top three, and the dude had doubts. <laughs> the dude's like, the dude denies Jesus 
and then the and then Jesus uses him to build a church, to build up his church. That's crazy. And before That's that, before that example of his doubt in that he denied Christ, um, you know, as Christ was being led to be crucified, he had said a few chapters earlier in John, John chapter six, uh, there were a bunch of the disciples of Christ that were leaving because of the hard teachings uh, that Jesus had presented. And so Jesus looked at the 12 and said, hey, are y'all going to leave me too? And what does Peter say? He says, where else do we have to go? Mm-hmm. Right? We don't have anywhere else that we can go, Lord. I mean, you alone are the ones that hold the keys to life, and, and, and we know that to be true. So even before his big, massive episode of doubt, Peter had recognized that it was Christ alone that, that had life. So you got Thomas, you got Peter, and then you got John the Baptist. And right, you think of John the Baptist, Christ said about him, there has been no one born of a woman who will be greater than John the Baptist. I mean, you can't get much higher praise from God than that. But what does John the Baptist do in Matthew chapter 11? He doubts Christ. He sends his disciples to Jesus to say, hey, are you really the guy that we're waiting on? Like, are, are you really the dude that the Old Testament prophesied about and is the Messiah? And so Jesus had to send back a message back to him and say, yep, I'm the guy. So even John the Baptist, mm-hmm. even Peter, even Thomas, folks that were close uh, to Christ, folks who had a one-on-one, you know, visible, physical relationship with Christ, um, even they doubted. So, And going back, even way further into Genesis, when uh, Abraham and Sarah were up in age, God said, I'm going to bless you with a son. And what does Abraham do? It says he fell down on his face and laughed. When you fall down on your face and laugh at God, you have some serious doubt. I remember I had a friend of mine who we were out playing tennis one day. We were on the tennis courts, and this dude would laugh at anything. And so I told the story of... Uh, one time when I threw up in O'Charlie's, the dude was rolling around the tennis courts laughing, crying. Couldn't keep his, you know, couldn't keep his eyes open. He was laughing so hard. <laughs> so that's, that's the mental picture I mental get picture, yeah, yeah. of Abraham, this old dude that God says, hey, you're going to have a son. Boom, hit the ground, rolling around, can't keep his eyes open, crying in laughter. And even Abraham, in his doubt, didn't trust God, and he went and made a baby with somebody else oh yeah (laughs) in his doubt he then went and did something about his lack of doubt yep i mean that's the whole point of the old testament the whole old testament is doubting israel that's what it's about the whole and then and then the uh that's the beauty of the whole the whole bible is is a doubting people and a faithful god Mm -hmm. yep and i think at the end of the day um the opposite complete opposite of doubt is faith and so what are you going to put your faith in um jesus says um if you have faith as small as a mustard seed you can move a mountain i haven't moved any mountains lately i don't know about y'all i moved a couple yesterday (laughs) they were small mountains (laughs) Uh. so to wrap this bad boy up if you're a doubter the church is a a safe place for you to be it is you're welcome to join the other doubters it's a very real thing and especially for students right this is a student podcast we interact with students on a regular basis 
students, 100% of students are going to struggle with doubt. 100%. If you're a student out there and you say, nah, I don't struggle with doubt, I really doubt that. You know, <laughs> I don't believe that at all. So don't tell me that, one. <laughs> Tyler doesn't believe it either. Um, so, it, I, you know, I say that to say, on the one hand, yeah, doubt is uh, very natural. It's, it's frustrating at times, and, you know, sometimes it can even be scary depending on, you know, how far the doubt goes. But like we've been trying to communicate in the past however long we've been doing this, um, you know, look to Scripture. Look to the truth of God's Word. Recognize that um, at the same time that Satan is trying to come against you with these doubts, Christ is interceding for you, um, holding you up before God. And that's an encouraging place to be. Um, I, you know, for me personally, just some practical questions that I ask myself, right? If I get to a point of, of doubt, first question is, what am I going to put my faith in? Kind of to Colin's point about faith and the importance of it. Everybody's got faith, right? So whether I'm believing in Christ or anything else, I've got faith in something, in someone. So uh, for the one who decides, yeah, I'm not going to believe in Jesus anymore, they're now exhibiting faith in something else. Okay, so it's not like they went from a place of faith to a place of reality. It's still faith. So that's my first question. You know, what are we going to put our faith in? Uh, second question, like Peter asked, where else can we go? Right, what else am I going to turn to in life? If I'm going to have faith in something, what else out there is worthy of that measure of faith? I don't, I'm with Peter in that I'm going to say I don't think there is anything else. Um, and then the third question, so what if we're wrong? If I'm wrong and, you know, this is all a figment of my imagination, I get to the end of my life and find out God wasn't really real, what have I lost? Nothing. Have we lost anything? No, absolutely not. It, we hear of a, you know, Pascal's wager and there are different opinions on that and whether it's true or not, whether it's biblical or not, and there's room for debate there. I'm definitely not going to say that it's biblical in the sense of evangelism or anything like that, but I do think it has a, it's a pretty good point to make when talking about someone who believes in Christ and struggling with doubt. You know, if I'm struggling with doubt, wondering if, all right, do I really want to keep following Jesus or do I want to turn away like those disciples did in John chapter 6. So what if I'm wrong? I, it's not going to um, it's not going to be to my detriment if I'm wrong. Now if I get the equation wrong, if I uh, go to the other end and say, well I'm no longer going to believe in Jesus, at that point, what if I'm wrong? I'm going to lose a lot. Yep. Um, so those are kind of the three questions that I, I would ask. Um, and I would encourage anybody who is struggling with a serious level of doubt to ask and, and be honest about it, right? So, hey, you know, that's, that's doubt. Um, I've, got, I've got a number of quotes here, and it's, as I was looking through this a little bit, it was really encouraging to read all these high-profile Christian authors and speakers who talk about their struggle with doubt. You know, folks like John Piper, Charles Spurgeon, uh, Tim Keller, um, C.S. Lewis, another one by Spurgeon, right? These guys 
recognized that doubt was a very real part of their lives as well. Probably my favorite quote, a guy named Frederick Buechner. Oh, Buechner. Yeah, I don't know. I probably killed that name, so Freddie, I'm sorry about that. But he said this, doubts are the ants in the pants of faith. They keep it awake and moving. Hey. So I'm going to leave us with that beautiful quote beautiful. by Frederick Buechner. <laughs> doubts are the ants in the pants of faith. They keep it awake and moving. Thanks, Freddie. Don't go put ants in your pants. <laughs> All right, folks, for this week's Guinness World Record update. We have uh, we referenced marathon running earlier, didn't we, Tyler? I think so. So it's kind of cool how this lined up. They uh, did a big marathon in London over the weekend. And Is that in opposition to a small marathon? Yeah, it's what? a big marathon. <laughs> There's a ton of folks that ran in it, Tim. I got you. Um, one in Texas, Colin, where everything's bigger. Everything's bigger in Texas. So they broke a couple of records, but the one that I found to be so comical. Fastest marathon in a full-body animal costume. Mm. This woman ran 26.2 miles in a panda costume. She achieved the... The uh, the record breaking time in three hours and forty eight minutes. You know the worst part of that for me, if I was in that race, I would have gotten beat by a woman in a panda suit. <laughs> Talk about humiliating! Oh, oh my goodness, that's horrible. That's pretty bad. So yeah, there you go, panda costume, run you a marathon. Maybe that's my problem. Maybe I need a panda costume. <laughs> I would die. <laughs> Uh, you mentioned Texas and running. What was? Did I send you that thing on that race in Texas? I don't think so. It was so. like a tenth of a mile race. Oh, man, a one-tenth yeah. of a mile race. It was race. a one-tenth of a mile race that you legit had to sign up for. You got T-shirts and medals. <laughs> wow. It was, the one-tenth crew. <laughs> yeah, the one-tenth race. So I'm not going to run out there, boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can see the finish line. <laughs> Literally. Literally. <laughs> oh, goodness. That's episode number 10, boys and girls. And it probably is going to last 10 hours after all of our raining. <laughs> you know, I, the thing about recording on this uh, garage band is I have no idea how long we've actually been going. It's given me numbers that are way higher than the number of minutes we've been going. So <laughs> it says 1,462. I don't think we've been going quite that long. I don't so, think so either. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is. But anyway, that's episode number 10. Uh, appreciate you sticking around, listening to it here. Thanks for not doubting us. Well, yeah. Thanks for having there faith in us. Yeah, having faith in us. Uh, if you know, I, I will throw this out there. If you are one that is struggling with doubts, and um, feel free to shoot us an email about it. We'd love to talk some more uh, about it. Uh, send us a Facebook message, Instagram direct message, tweet us, all those things that you do on the social medias. So go check it out. Facebook and Instagram, Fluent Grace Podcast. Twitter is Fluent Grace Pod. The old Gmail account, Fluent Grace Podcast at gmail.com. And if this is the first episode you've tuned into, go ahead and binge watch the other nine. <laughs> hey, I like it. Hey, there you go. That's all for today. Gooses. We out. Adios. <laughs>